I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. It is the week after Thanksgiving, and we are in the holiday season. I had a plan for this week's episode, and I completely decided to change my mind on it because there's something else that came up that I thought would be even more helpful for you today, and that is meditation. I thought about waiting until the new year because a lot of people talk about like starting these new habits and getting healthy and whatnot, and let's start the new year with something great like learning how to meditate, but why wait? (laughs) So before I get into meditation and all of the basics and and everything with that, I just wanted to share with you a little bit about my background with meditation and what qualifies me to be somebody who can share with you and talk about it. I've had a regular meditation practice for nearly a decade now, and what I know for sure is that my life has been positively impacted in more ways than I can even identify. Um, as a result of my regular meditation practice. To me, meditation is just an essential part of my health and wellness. I really started to dive into meditation when I went through yoga teacher certification. Before that, I had practiced meditation a little bit. I definitely had an interest in it, but it wasn't until I went through a training that I felt like equipped to really understand what it is and I set a goal to make it part of my life, and what do you know? I've stuck with it. So meditation for me, it just really helps me manage stress and anxiety, and it's made me less impulsive, and because of that, my relationships have definitely improved. When I started meditating, obviously it took a while before the effects of it kind of took hold, but I noticed that I wouldn't get as bothered by things that maybe I would have been bothered by before. My interests and my concerns, the things that I prioritized, definitely shifted. And it just made me a better person. It helped me just appreciate the ups and downs of life. And my meditation practice for me really is a way to just slow down, to connect with my inner self, and I've used meditation to center myself and just check in, but I've also practiced visualization, manifestation, and things like that through my meditation practice. I can definitely talk about that on future episodes. If you would like to hear about it, let me know. But when I notice that when my meditation practice takes a back seat and falls by the wayside, I really do notice a big difference in how I feel and how I respond to life. My overall level of stress, just I notice it starts to creep up and my anxiety really starts to take over. I know I've mentioned in the past that I struggle with anxiety I have my whole life, but when I am not prioritizing meditation, I notice it a lot more. And while I'm not always consistent with it, like I'm not the person who's going to be meditating every day without fail, I always come back to it. And I notice that when I prioritize meditation, my life is just so much more enjoyable and manageable. So in this episode, it's really, I'm gonna be talking with you beginners. 
And that means people who have never meditated before or maybe have tried it once or twice, this episode is going to be for you. And also the information I'm going to be sharing with you is just very general. So it's really for all ages. It's not just for you, the parent. It can be for teens. It can be for your kids. It's general information about meditation. So I highly recommend you share this episode with your teenager, especially if they are struggling with stress and anxiety. So be sure to listen into the end because I'm going to be sharing something at the end that will help you and your teen kick off your meditation practice together. I'm going to begin today by talking about what is meditation. So the very simple explanation is that meditation is bringing your awareness to a single point of focus, whether that be the breath, a movement, something tactile, like that you're feeling with your hands, something visual or auditory, even the senses of taste and smell can be used as a meditation. Really, it's all about being in the present moment. So it helps us become more aware of our physical and emotional well-being because What's so important about being in the present moment is there's no worry or thoughts about the future or regrets from the past. It's really in this present moment where we can find peace and just take stock of what is, not what was or what will be. And the more we can practice doing this in meditation, the easier it will be for us to do the same when we're not meditating, when life is happening, because that's really where your meditation practice can be implemented is everyday life. I know when I was practicing yoga a lot and I would go to yoga classes, the instructors would always talk about how to take yoga off of the mat. So if you don't practice yoga, you may not understand this, like thinking what, I go out into the street (laughs) and do downward dog. (laughs) But no, it's the idea of what you, What you are feeling, what you are thinking, and what you are experiencing in the yoga room, in your yoga practice, is something that you can take, like embody in your life. That is breath and awareness and slowing down and paying attention. Same thing with meditation. The more you practice it, the more you'll be able to apply it when the shit really hits the fan. (laughs) I'm going to be blunt. So... That is kind of what meditation is and a little bit about why you would want to do it, but I'll really get more into that in um, actually now. I, I could just list off a laundry list of meditation benefits, but you have Google for that. There are so, so many reasons to meditate and they all have to do with just finding emotional and mental stability. It's also really good at helping your body just metabolize and process and reduce blood pressure, all the systems in the body. It can also help reduce symptoms of things like depression and anxiety and ADHD. And it's been shown through studies to really thicken the prefrontal cortex, which is the rational decision-making part of the brain. And it's also the part of the brain that's developing in teens. So what a perfect time in life to pick up a meditation practice when your prefrontal cortex is developing to really take a charge of that development and process and be able to figure out higher order brain function 
more awareness, concentration. It's better help you with decision-making. What person or teenager couldn't use a little more of that? <laughs> it can also help shift things like eating habits, lifestyle, because really when you are meditating, you are exercising the power of choice, bringing awareness to what is and what you would like to be and what you would like to change. It can improve reading comprehension, working memory, and the capacity and ability to focus. It lowers stress hormones like cortisol. It reduces activity in the amygdala, which is the region of your brain that determines how much stress you're, you're experiencing. So it's part of that fight or flight function. And it can reduce that fear response. So people who have a really active amygdala, they tend to experience more depression and anxiety. So when you're meditating, you're in essence strengthening the muscle that can fight against all of those symptoms. That's just a few of the things. I think just by hearing that list, it's like, no brainer, meditate, right? Easier said than done. <laughs> just like anything in life, meditation is another thing to be aware of just like exercise, just like eating healthy. It's like, I know I need to do it, but I'll get to it, right? Finding a way to prioritize it. So I'll get to that again at the end, how to make it part of your life in a simple way. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about how to meditate. And as I mentioned before, there's all kinds of meditation techniques. So again, Google your friend. But I want to tell you some of the common misconceptions about meditation and also give you a really simple method to try. One of the misconception, misconceptions is that the goal of meditation is to clear your mind, right? Like to shut down all the thoughts. That's impossible. <laughs> your brain's function in your body is to think. And if you focus on trying to clear it, you're just going to end up feeling frustrated or like a failure, which is the opposite of what you really want from a meditation practice. Instead, the idea is to notice the thoughts as they drift in and out, but not to follow them, not to latch onto them. So a good visual that I like to tell my clients is to imagine when you're meditating that you're sitting on the side of the road. And the thoughts that you have are like the cars that are driving by on the road. So you see them. And the goal in meditation is to just watch them drive by. And then when you notice yourself thinking about something like what happened yesterday, basically what that means is that you've gotten into one of the cars. Your thought is a car. You've gotten into the car. You started driving down the road. And when you notice that, whoop, I have a thought. You basically think of that in your head, thinking, and then you let that thought go or you get out of the car and you do this without judgment. You don't want to judge yourself and think, gosh, I'm so bad at this. Like, I can't believe I was thinking about that. Judging is not going to be productive in any way. It's just, oh, thinking, gently get on the side of the road. And basically you just do this over and over and over. And eventually you'll spend less time in the car and you'll have more space between your thoughts. But it takes time. The second misconception is that you have to sit with your legs crossed, <laughs> perfectly still, with a straight spine. And this is just not true. If sitting this way is uncomfortable, you will not be able to be in a meditation. You'll be completely distracted. So instead, just find a comfortable way to sit. 
maybe in a chair or maybe on your bed. You can even lay down if you like. And maybe you'll fall asleep, which is fine, unless it's not a great time for you to fall asleep. In that case, I'd recommend staying seated. <laughs> but either way, you want to be comfortable. Whatever you're doing, you want to feel comfortable in your body so that you can minimize the distractions. And one of the things I always like to say is that if you happen to be in a space where you, it's okay if you drift off, there's no real time limit, there's nowhere you need to be, and you do drift off to sleep, again, it's not a failure. Maybe you just have a sleep deficit and getting a little rest, it can be a good thing for you. And there's also movement meditations. So the opposite of sitting crisscross applesauce <laughs> is getting up and doing a walking meditation. Yoga is a meditation. It's movement while you're linking your breath and your body and you're focused on the present moment. And I mentioned already a little bit about a walking meditation. If you'd like to try that, you're basically just fully focused on what you're noticing as you walk. Maybe pick just one sense, like sight, and notice all of the colors and textures as you move around. So that's the second misconception. The third one is that you have to meditate for a long time for it to be effective. And the truth is there's just no time parameter for meditation. You'll see the benefits with even just 30 seconds. The key though is to stay consistent with the practice. So meditating 30 seconds every two months, it's not gonna do much for you. My advice when I talk to my clients is to just set a goal that feels achievable to you. Then you can add on to it or modify it if you need. So let's say, for example, starting with three minutes of meditation four days a week. Then to stick with it, choose a specific time of day to meditate. And this would make part of, basically it makes it part of your routine so that you don't have to think about it. It doesn't become just another thing that you need to do. Doing it first thing in the morning is really a great time because your brain is fresh, your body is relaxed and rested, and it really can give you a sense of accomplishment just right away in your day. It can really set the tone for your day. But you get to choose a time that works for you. Maybe set a timer on your phone if you need to, but just make it a regular thing for you. The key is to stay consistent over time, not necessarily the length of time in one sitting, more just a matter of long time practice, just like anything else you do, whether it be a sport you're playing, you're learning a musical instrument, you can't just practice really a long time for one day and expect to be an expert. It takes time. Same thing with meditation. With that in mind, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I would be sharing something to help you and your teen kick off a meditation practice. And what I have for you is a 21-day meditation challenge. It's basically something you can do as a family or individually, but the idea is to really start incorporating meditation into your life. And the interesting thing is that studies have shown that having just even just one person in the family with a meditation practice can positive, positively impact everyone in the family, everyone who lives in the house. So if it's just one person can impact everyone, imagine the difference in the family dynamic if everyone were to be practicing meditation regularly. There would be better communication, less stress, less fighting and frustration. Everybody would feel less anxious, 
making better decisions for themselves and for everyone else. I can't think of a more impactful way to strengthen your family bond and really a better way to give a gift of love and compassion to your family. So here are the steps for the 21 day meditation. Step number one, send this podcast to whoever you'd like to join you in this challenge, make it optional, but let them know you'd like them to join the challenge with you. Step number two is to head to the show notes, download the meditation challenge PDF that I put down there, make a copy for yourself and for anybody else joining in. Step number three is to choose a day to begin. I'm going to beginning my challenge. I'm going to begin my challenge on December 1st. So if you're listening to this recording live or the week that it's released, you can join me. And I recommend that you head over to Instagram, jennifer.delacuadri. Find me there because I'll be posting in my stories about my experience. And I would just love to hear how your experience is as well. It's kind of fun to be able to do it with someone else. And then step number four is to have fun with it. The point is not to overexert yourself. If you miss a day, no problem. Just get back into it the next day. And remember, it's a challenge. It's not a competition. (laughs) Everybody who participates wins. Everybody gets a trophy. (laughs) And to help you out, I have a short guided meditation on my YouTube channel. I will also link that in the show notes. You can use that. You can also use any of the apps that are out there or just set a simple timer, mix it up, play around, see what works for you and what doesn't. I am so excited to have you with me on this challenge and see how meditation can positively impact your life. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delacuadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.